Revelation 19. Both services, 9 or 11, I was expecting to hear a response when I said chapter 19. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's been, a long, it's been a long three years, hasn't it, been in the tribulation? <laughs> the study's gone as long as the tribulation almost. <laughs> But we're, we're moving out. We're going to be looking at this beautiful heavenly scene this morning of worship and praise. Um, the bride of Christ, which is us, um, all geared up and ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then the second coming of Jesus Christ to this earth to set up his kingdom. And we will be with him. And that's exciting. This is an exciting, glorious chapter, and so let's pray, and then we'll get into God's Word together this morning. Lord Jesus, we uh, thank you. Thank you for bringing us together to be with you this morning. We've come to honor you, to praise you, to celebrate you, Lord Jesus. You are so good, so great, so greatly to be praised. We thank you for your invitation to simply come to you to learn from you, to be nourished by you, to be filled up. And so we've come, Lord, to you this morning, recognizing our need, our need for you to fill us, to feed us, to fill us up, Lord, and that we would experience a fresh work of your Spirit in our lives, in our homes, and in your church, that we might bring you glory. And so we commit this time to you now. We thank you for the great things that you are going to do. For your glory we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Chapter 19, verse 1, here's what God's word says. After these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory, and honor, and power belong to the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication, and he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. Again, they said, Alleluia. Her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sat on the throne saying, Amen. Alleluia. Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, write, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, see that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of 
prophecy. Awesome passage. So verses 1 through 10, we didn't get very far uh, first service. I'm hoping to get through these 10 verses. We'll see. So notice, let me draw your attention to verse 1 where it says, after these, what's what's your Bible say? After these what? After these things, what things? All of the judgments of God have come to an end at this point in the tribulation, culminating in the destruction of Babylon. And so after these things, after all of the judgments that God has brought forth on planet Earth, John now hears something. He hears a loud voice. Notice that a huge crowd of heaven with the volume cranked way up, and they're proclaiming what? Is that how they're saying it too? Hallelujah. How are they saying, how are we going to be, that's, we're going to be in that scene, by the way. How will we be saying hallelujah? That's better. We need to be ready. You don't want to get to heaven and be kind of scratching your head. What's next? What were we supposed to say again? Don't tell him you went to Calvary Chapel, West Houston. Tell him you went to First Baptist or Second Baptist, if you're standing around like a bumpkin. We're going to be in this scene, gang. We're getting a picture, a glimpse of what is our future right here this morning. And so, I would say, number one, the Father's house is packed. Did you see that? There's a great multitude, and the Father's house is packed. And everyone also, notice the great multitude says this, not with many voices, but with one voice together in unison. Everybody's on the same page together. Are you with me? They're all, and that's what the Lord wants for us, too. Correct? That's what Jesus prayed, John 17, that we would be one as he and the Father are one, right? Connected in such a beautiful, intimate way as we lift up our voices together. The praise goes to him. It all belongs to him as well. We learn from the passage this morning, all praise belongs to him. But it's a celebration going on in heaven, and it's all about God. I think sometimes we can have these um, false conceptions of heaven Like we're going to be big chubby babies with harps. No, that's right, no. New, glorified, resurrected bodies. That's from all just the mature, older believers in the church. The younger believers saying, glorified body, check this out. Just wait, just give it a couple decades. (laughs) And you'll be longing for that glorified, resurrected body, how awesome that's going to be. No more sin, no more pain, no more suffering. How glorious it's going to be because of what Jesus did for us. It is all about him. And that word, hallelujah, it's the, it's the Greek uh, equivalent of the Hebrew, hallelujah. Um, hallelujah means praise to, and yah is a shortened form of Yahweh. So it means praise to the Lord, or praise ye the Lord, if you've got a King James or a King Jimmy Bible. So praise the Lord. And by the way, it's only found four times in the New Testament, all in these verses we just read. In the Old Testament, it's found exclusively in the book of Psalms, and it's used, I think, like 21 or 22 times, and it's always rendered praise the Lord. And it's interesting because it's a term that transcends cultures and languages. You can be in a certain country and hear hallelujah, and you're like, yeah, that guy's praising the Lord in a different, and it's blah, 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 after that. He's saying praise the Lord because it's, ter- it's a word that transcends culture and language and so beautifully, and so... We notice here also the great multitude proclaimed four things that belong to God. These, these are four things we can praise God for. And so, number one, we see what, what belongs to the Lord's salvation. Salvation belongs to God. He's the one that saved us, didn't he? Salvation, listen, it, we didn't save ourselves. He's the one that saved us. He's the one that rescued us. By the way, that word salvation means deliverance. It means rescue It means preservation, it means safety, and check this out, it means to rescue from danger and destruction. Aren't you glad that Jesus rescued us from danger and destruction? Our lives are in his hands, our times are in his hands. Let me remind us too, underneath you and I are his everlasting arms as well. And he loves us with an everlasting 
love. God is the only one that saves, and there is recognition of that in heaven, and there needs to be recognition here as well. He's our Savior. He's our loving rescuer. And then notice also what else belongs to God? Glory or praise is the idea. Um, I like to remember it as to make him look good. To bring God glory means to make him look good. He's the glorious one. He deserves all the glory. He'll share his glory with no man. It all belongs to him. And notice also, honor belongs to God. Honor means value or reverence. God alone deserves all the honor. Amen to that? He's the one who is worthy to be honored. He's the honorable one. And then power Power belongs to the Lord, strength and might. We, we find the word in Greek dunamis. We get dynamite or dynamo. Power, strength, might belongs to God alone. All power comes from him. He's pretty powerful, isn't he? And I think, you know, we read this and sometimes we can, we can take a little honor from the Lord and glory from the Lord, sadly. And in fact, Jesus said, when you do your spiritual service unto the Lord, don't do it to get the attention of men. Whether it's giving, whether it's um, doing, whether you're fasting, whether you're praying, whatever you do, don't do it to be seen by men. Do it so that he gets the glory and that he gets the honor. I can't believe he would even share his ministry with us, that he would share his power with us. In fact, The Apostle Paul understood that, didn't he? When the Apostle Paul cried out to the Lord to deliver him from the thorn in the flesh, three times he pleaded with the Lord, oh God, remove this, please, Lord, remove this from me, please, get rid of this thing. And what did Jesus say to him? My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so graciously the Lord shares his strength, his power with us. In fact, he gives us his power that we might be witnesses for him, no matter where he leads our feet. And so in verse one, we see there in, there's no question in heaven. It's all about the Lord. It's all about him. This is a scene that we will be in. We're going to be so blown away. But did you guys know that? We're going to be so blown away when we're there. In fact, how do you know that? If you're taking notes, Ephesians 2, verse 7. The context is Paul's reminding the church of what God has done to rescue us. We were dead in our sins, in our trespasses. He's made us alive in Christ Jesus. We've been born again. We've been made alive spiritually. And it's interesting because it says, he already sees us seated in the heavenlies. What does that even look like? He sees us seated in the heavenlies, and it says in chapter 2, verse 7, that in the ages to come, that's eternity, that's when we pass through the veil from this life into the next life, throughout the ages, from age to age, literally, he will show us the exceeding riches of his grace. He will show us the exceeding riches of his grace How amazing is that? For all eternity, we're going to be blown away seeing new facets of God's grace, different ways that he wants to show us his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. And it's all because of Jesus. How awesome is that going to be? Set free. We've been saved. Set free from the penalty of sin, which is hell and death. Set free from the power of sin. The power of sin has been broken in our lives And not only that, one day set free from the presence of sin altogether where we will be here in this scene in the Father's house. Can't wait for that. Amen? Verse 2, notice what else is being proclaimed here. For true and righteous are his judgments. So all of God's decisions, all of God's conclusions, all of God's rulings, how he does things, in other words, are always without error and right on. Always. Perfectly just, perfectly right. That should cause us to say, hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord for that. Thank you, Jesus. What God does in every single judgment, all of his dealings are absolutely true, absolutely righteous, everywhere in all of our lives. He is not unfair. He is not unjust. He doesn't hold out on us. In fact, every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights into our lives. You guys believe that this morning? 
Have you ever thought about Romans 8.28? Isn't that the ultimate insurance policy for us? What is Romans 8.28? This we know, that He works all things together for good, our good, for those who love Him and are the called according to His purpose. And listen, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so this morning, not just in heaven, but even right now, we can be saying, Lord, we praise you because you did the right thing. You did the right thing in my life when I, when I didn't think it was the right thing. Because everything you do is righteous and true. Lord, you're doing the right thing currently in my life. And you're going to do the right and just thing in my life as well. We don't have to wait till heaven to start saying that and praising him for that. Are you with me? Because we're not going to get to heaven and say, oh, what about that one time, man? No, we're all together with one voice saying, Lord, everything you've done, I may may have thought it wasn't going to work out. It wasn't going to work out for good and it wasn't righteous and true. But guess what? From heaven's perspective, everything, everything the Lord does is right on, without error, in your life and in my life, and we can praise him for that. Well, what's an example of God's true and righteous judgment? Look what it says in that verse. Because he has judged the great harlot. Because of God's judgment on Babylon, the great, literally the great whore. That's got some of our attention. The great prostitute. Babylon is not only a wicked city, home to the one-world economic system, one-world political system, uh, one-world religious system that will, during the last days, that will emerge powerfully. But Babylon has existed a long, long time as an evil system, anti-God, anti-Christ, that has seduced men and women and children away from the Lord. And Babylon, we know, we looked at this for a couple weeks, didn't we, in chapter 17 and 18? Babylon uh, is, is reflected in a number of different ways, spiritually, economically, educationally, politically. Here's how I remember it. It's corrupt religion mixed with corrupt politics, mixed with corrupt business. One big evil conglomeration. And God will judge her. Why? Two reasons. Look what it says in the verse. Two reasons specifically. Why will God judge her? Number one, she corrupted the earth with her fornication. She defiled and destroyed the planet with her immorality. And we know fornication speaks of not only um, sexual relations outside of the marriage bed as prescribed by God, but it's also used as a term for idolatry throughout the Bible as well, spiritual fornication. And so what does she do? She seduces people away from the Lord to get to get her to follow her into false religion, materialism, idolatry, and so forth. God will judge her. The second reason why, what does it say in the verse? What's the second reason she'll be judged by God? Because he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. Second reason God will bring vengeance upon Babylon is because throughout the ages and especially in the last days, she has killed his children, his servants. And God will take vengeance upon her. And, and you read that, and maybe you're reading that this morning, going, whoa, whoa, time out. How does that work out, even? How does a system shed the blood of God's servants? Well, many of the people intoxicated and under the influence of Babylon end up murdering God's precious people. God's precious children is the idea. But at this point in the tribulation, she's done, finished. And the praise, hallelujah. We praise you, Lord, not only because you're Savior, but because you're a judge also. And all your judgments are true and righteous. You are taking that which is destroying lives and you're totally removing it. We praise you, Lord, for that. In fact, look at the next verse, verse verse 3. As heaven breaks out again in more praise and worship, again they said, Alleluia. The heavenly chorus proclaims, praise the Lord a second time, as they what? As they see the fiery judgment upon Babylon produced what? Eternal smoke going up. You know what that means? She's gone forever, final and permanent. 
In other words, they're praising the Lord. Praise, praise you, Lord, because you are stopping this mixed bag of, of evil, this conglomeration of wickedness that is destroying humanity. We praise you for being a savior. We praise you for being a judge. We don't have to worry about her ever again. She's, she's gone. Good riddance, right? Ding dong, the witch is dead. Is that, that's a song, right? I was asking for a service. Is that a song from Wizard of Oz? Yeah, that's right. But, but remember last week in chapter 18, those people that were connected with Babylon, what was their response when they saw the judgment come upon her? They were bald, they were weeping, they were broken. Why? Because their God died. All that they lived for, all the things they invested their lives in, gone like that in a moment's time. And that can happen to anyone, gone in a moment's time. Or God can turn it around in a moment's time. And they were weeping and bawling, but in heaven, what's going on? There's a party going on. There's a celebration happening. And I think this morning, we can thank the Lord, can't we, for when he removes stuff from our lives that will damage us and derail us. Thank you, Lord. I praise you for getting rid of that that which was destroying me. You know what I'm saying? Can any of you guys say amen to that? That the Lord removed something in our lives that was damaging, derailing, destroying us. And it's like, oh, I can't live without this. And then what happens? The Lord gets rid of it. It's like, oh, hallelujah. Now I'm experiencing life as the Lord intended. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's all because of you. And what happens? We begin to praise him for who he is, his works in our lives, his ways in our lives. Listen, praise and worship is a response. My heart gets stirred up within me, and what flows forth is thanks and praise. And it shouldn't just be happening in heaven. It should be happening right now if we are spirit-filled believers. Are you a spirit-filled believer this morning? I know that's about a third of the room. That's cool. At least you're honest. Because, listen, spirit-filled is not a title, it's a condition. Because there's people, you guys know them, they're saved, they're indwelt with the Holy Spirit, but they're bitter, they're grumpy, they're angry. What's coming out of their hearts and out of their lives is anything but living water. Because Jesus said, come unto me and drink, all you are thirsty, and out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. Is that a description of your life? If not, guess what is available to you and to me this morning? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit and to be refilled. Aren't you glad that God's into refills, doesn't charge us for them? Hallelujah. Jesus spoke about it, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We see the evidence of it in the book of Acts. To to be witnesses for him. God has this dynamic that's available to you and to me as believers. But so often it's like, ah, you know what, I'm I'm good. I, I I I I know the book from cover to cover. And the problem is it's not being worked out in your life practically. There's no love, there's no peace, there's no joy, there's no witness for Jesus. And out of your heart is not coming rivers of living water. It's anything but that. And that can happen when we haven't been refilled. Are you with me this morning? When we come back to the Lord and say, Lord, fill me up. The way I just spoke right there, the way I just acted, Lord, that did not look like you at all. Lord, please fill me. And what does he do? He fills you up, doesn't he? And you're not the same person after that prayer as you are before. It's like, it's like water baptism. And we're going to have a water baptism soon. And it's not outside. Inside, you guys know, inside. we get got the portable, heated. And I'm going to dunk some of you under, a little long, some of you a little longer than others. No, just kidding. Don't let that frighten you away from being obedient to Jesus. You come up. Big hug for me. Anthony's waiting with a towel for you. You get to hug everybody coming up out of the water, down the stairs, out of there. And everybody you come in contact with gets what? 
gets wet, not hard. You've been water baptized. When there's been the baptism of the Holy Spirit, everybody you come in contact with gets, gets wet with living water. How about that? It's so simple. You come to Jesus and ask. You fathers know how to give good gifts. You fathers being evil, Jesus said, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Spirit to those who ask? And so, man, just ask. Whatever you want to call it, whatever terminology, filled, baptized, the question is, are you currently? Not 10 years ago, not two months ago, right now currently with the Lord. Lord, fill me afresh. Because it's an evidence. Listen, praise and worship is an evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Why am I bringing this up? What's your point? Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, which is a waste, but be what? Continually filled with the Spirit. We need to be continually filled because we leak, don't we? Continually filled with the Spirit, and what's the result going to be? What's it say in that passage? You guys know, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. <gasps> so my, what's coming out of me will be, so I'm going to be, it's, life's going to be like a musical? Absolutely. <laughs> I think the psalms are so edifying, so comforting, so strengthening, aren't they? Speaking to one another That would be evidence you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're speaking to somebody at church or outside of church. You're not just a hermit, not just a loner out in a cave somewhere, out in your ranch, you know, you just drop in once in a while. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's an evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I'm a spirit-filled believer, but I don't, you know, I just sing ACDC, man. Maybe you need to soak it in the Word a little bit, and I'm not telling you what to listen to, bro, but that's what's coming out of you. It's not very edifying. It's not very building up. It's not very encouraging, comforting. It just brings me back to my BC days before Jesus. Don't want to remember those days, man. Giving thanks for all things is the next evidence. I'm thankful. Thank you, Lord. So there's praise, there's worship when I'm filled with the Spirit. Man, it's beautiful what's coming out of us. And it's not produced naturally. It's supernatural what's coming out of us. Because of our abiding in Jesus, I give him control, Lord. Here's my life. Fill me, Lord. I don't want that junk to come out of me anymore. I'm going to sow the good seeds into my heart, and I'm going to be walking with you every day so that good, the good treasure brings forth good things into the people I come in contact with, the people that you bring into my life. We're not going to get out of verse 3 if we don't get moving. Verse 4. The 24 elders, that's those that represent the church, we're going to be in this scene We talked about that earlier in our study. The four living creatures, those four, um, remember them? Those angelic beings, like trippy looking. Four living creatures, and what happens? We hit the floor with the angels, ascribing worth, that's worship, ascribing worth to God, giving affection and adoration to the one who sits on the throne. And I would say worship, sometimes praise and worship involves a physical reaction and also a verbal response. What's the, what are they saying? A, what does amen mean? That sounded right. Is that like 10-4, good buddy, over and out? I'm done with my prayer. Is that what amen? What's amen? So be it. Yes. That's the truth. Jesus put it this way. Verily, verily. He's the only one that can say at the front of the statement, amen, amen. So be it, so be it, before he even says a word. Amen. It means let it be established. We are in agreement. So everything the multitudes are saying, the church, the angels are all in agreement. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Everyone, all of heaven, is stoked about God's true and righteous judgments. Everybody's excited, praising God for what? His salvation. 
that he, uh, honor and glory and power, it all belongs to him. And so look at verse 5. Then a voice came from the, came from where? Came from the throne. So someone connected with the throne, it doesn't say, does it? It could be the Son of God, Jesus Christ. It could be the Holy Spirit. We are not told exactly. Someone speaks, and um, they teach us that praise is for all of us. No one is to be left out. In fact, look what it says to me. Praise, here's the, here's the exhortation, pray, or the command. Praise our God. Give thanks. Offer up a round of applause. Um, adoration to our God. This, this speaks of a personal relationship. Our God, all you, his servants, all of those who serve the true and the living God are called to praise him. Do you serve the Lord? We're called to praise him. All those who have a fear of God, a deep reverence and respect for God are called to praise him. And any believer, regardless of their stature, status, or position, we are all called to praise him, both small and great. This is, you know what this is? This is a collective encouragement for both those in heaven and those on earth to praise the Lord. Do you guys see that with me? What does praise mean? Let's talk about praise for a minute. What does praise mean? I found this definition. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for this? Praise. Check this out. It means to honor, to esteem, to commend and cherish God through declaring truths about him. That's, to me, that's beautiful. To commend and cherish God through declaring truths about him. Actually, the word praise comes from a French word to prize. We prize God. When we praise God, we are prizing Him. We are, we are, when we praise Him, we're prizing Him, esteeming Him, giving Him value, um, expressing an estimation of what He's worth to us. And listen, praise this morning, I would say, orients us around God and not ourselves. Praise orients ourselves around him and not us. It's so crucial. And I would say praise is meaningful to God. In Psalm 147, verse 1, please listen to this. Praise the Lord. Why? For it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and praise is beautiful. Did you guys catch that? Praise is beautiful to God. It blesses him. It's meaningful to him. Why don't we praise how come we don't praise? What are some reasons? Why don't we praise the Lord? Think about it with me. I've got a bad voice. Some of us say that. I don't praise because my voice is terrible. I'll scare everybody home from church. Insecurity. How about this? Struggling with something like a sin. Praising something or someone else. Discouragement. Some people have disillusionment with God. Lots of various reasons, justifications, excuses. And so often um, our praise is little because we know very little about Him. There's not much going on in our relationship with him. We're not fresh. We're not current with him. And we are to praise the Lord and give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. From the rising of the sun to the what? To the Sun going down, let the name of the Lord be praised. How long is that? How much praise should he be getting? It's all day long. And here's the deal. Why? Why is it important? Well, it blesses God, but it does something in us. It gets our... Listen this morning. If you're, if you're taking a little siesta, wake up. <laughs> because you're going to hit turbulence. We all hit turbulence, don't we? Praise gets our eyes off of our circumstances and onto God. 
Praise gets our eyes off of us and onto the Lord. Are you with me? This is like super crucial. Because we're not always on the mountaintop, are we? No. We go through trials. And our praise lifts us out of the pit in times of struggle, in difficulty and darkness, when we focus on who he is and declare truths about him. How about David? Think about the Psalms. Most of the Psalms came out of David's what? David being hunted down, his life on the line, and what was coming out of him was what? It was praise to the Lord. He got his eyes off of his circumstances and onto the Lord, how much time is wasted because of self-imposed discouragement rather than praise? I think about Hannah. We're studying 1 Samuel, 4 o'clock, Sunday evenings. How about Hannah? Get remember Hannah? She had the miracle baby. What was this, that dude's name again? Samuel, right? Miracle baby, correct? He promised, or she promised him to the Lord, Right? So he's out of huggies, he's, you know, he's, he's ready to go. She takes him to the church to drop him off to be raised by wolves. Not literally, figuratively, right? Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, but a bunch of dirtbags. You read about them, they were awful. Can you imagine, moms, just for a second with me, dropping off your toddler to be raised by a bunch of dirtbags? Would that be heavy? Here you go. And what does it say at the end of chapter 1? She worshiped the Lord. My soul rejoices in the Lord. And you read through that. We're going to look at it tonight. It's all about God and what He has done, what He does in our lives. She got her eyes off of the circumstances and on to the Lord, and she was able to praise the Lord. It's so important. And James chapter 1, count it all joy. When you fall into trials of various kinds. Not if you fall into trials. Anybody having trials this morning? Is anybody going through any trials this morning? Nobody's going through trials this morning. Wow. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Man. Well, either you're in a trial coming out or about to go into one. <laughs> Correct? Isn't that pretty much how it works? Count it all joy. You know what that means? Rejoice. Count it all joy when you fall into trials of various kinds. Knowing, we're to know something? What are we to know? That every good and every perfect gift comes down, even trials to you and I from our Heavenly Father. That means He's intimately involved in your life and in my life. That He cares enough to be involved in a beautiful way, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Listen, how many of us could be better husbands or better wives with more patience? I don't need to see a show of hands. Thank you, though. Honest people in church. This section of town, very honest. How, how, many, how many of us would be better parents? Better employers with more patience. Better employees. No amens. Better drivers. Any better drivers out there? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work. Don't bail out. It's a perfect work he's doing in you and in me. That you may be complete and perfect, lacking nothing. So I say, okay, Lord, thank you. This is a gnarly trial, or trials, plural. Sometimes it's like multiple levels, and you're getting hit from multiple angles. It's like, whoa, man. Okay, Lord, you've called me to count it all joy. Thank you. I know I'm just going to praise you in the midst of this. 
Lord, you are at work. You are in control. You're intimately involved in my life. You care. I'm your child. I'm blood-bought. I know the worst that can happen is right to the Father's house. Amen. And so I'll praise you, not just at church. You guys do make it for praise and worship. You guys make it on time. Not just at church, but praise is to continue everywhere He leads us. As we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we're under His influence, not under the influence of booze or drugs or material or our flesh. We're under His influence. That whole contrast, Ephesians 5, is being under His influence. Lord, here's my life. It's yours. Do with it whatever you want. I want to honor you. You bought me with your precious blood, gave your life that I might have life. Thank you, Jesus. Well, the voice calls for praise, and what's the response? Look what happens in verse 6. Immediate obedience. And I heard, as it were, there it is again, the voice of a great multitude. John hears the huge company of heaven with one voice. What did they sound like? Sound of many, like Niagara Falls or waves crashing, boom, boom, boom. So loud you can feel it, the roar. And not just that, look what else it says, as the sound of Mighty thunderings, booming thunder, attention getting is the roar that happens. And what were they saying? That was, that was a little less than booming. Let's try that again. Was that in unison? One, two, three. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. Why? What's the reason? Look what it says. Why are we praising the Lord? For the Lord God omnipotent, he reigns. The almighty, all-powerful God, our God. He rules. He's in charge. Do you know he's in control? And heaven is, heaven is saying, Lord, we're praising you. You've demonstrated your power. You've demonstrated you're in control. It's undeniable that you rule and reign over all things. And there is no one stronger, and there is nothing that is beyond his rule. That's reason to praise him this morning. He is unchanging. He is immutable. He rules. Stuff around us is constantly changing, isn't it? Stuff constantly changing. Relationships, jobs, finances fluctuates, right? But we can praise him because he's constant, he's in control, he rules. And he is good, and everything he does is righteous and true. He's omnipotent. What does omnipotent mean? All-powerful, all-powerful, almighty. We are impotent. We are impotent, gang. We are impotent to change ourselves, to fix ourselves, to fix other people, to change other people. Have you guys figured that out yet? You can't fix your spouse. That's by design. I'm hearing... (laughs) I've been trying. Repent this morning. You're not... you're, You're impotent. He's omnipotent. He's the only one that can change us. He's the only one that can fix us. With our kids, same deal. The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Your anger is not going to change, Junior. You guys catch that? It's not going to produce what God wants to produce in that child. Are you with me? But the Lord can do it. By His Spirit, through you, with His Word, the truth and love. Modeling it, being an example to the little flock that God entrusts you to, and the people that he brings into our lives. He can do anything. He's fixed us, and he's continuing to fix us, isn't he? Is he fixing us still? Under construction? Anybody not? Anybody arrive spiritually here? Anybody arrive spiritually? Hopefully we won't have to rebuke anybody this morning. Okay. 
And I think one of the things we learned, we're out of time, I can't believe it. So we're not going to get through the 10 verses. Hey, listen, one of the things we learned from the passage is to praise the Lord for all of his attributes. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Salvation belongs to God, to the Lord. He's saved me and he's saved you from what? The penalty of sin, the power of sin, one day from the presence of sin altogether. We've been rescued, delivered. Thank you. I don't need to wonder where I'm heading to. I know my last breath. Here will be my first breath in your presence because I put my faith and trust in you, Lord Jesus Christ. You are my Savior. Savior, You are my loving rescuer. I will praise you. Hallelujah for that. I don't need drugs to get by. I don't need booze to kill the pain. I don't find fulfillment in material stuff or satisfaction in material stuff or the things of this world. My satisfaction is found in you. You're my loving rescuer. You're my deliverer. You're my sustainer. Stainer, I will praise you. Thank you for being such a good shepherd, Lord. Thank you for your powerful work. The word says that he's begun a good work in you and me, and he's going to complete it. That's a promise. He's glorious. He's honorable. He gets all the glory. He gets all the honor. And everything he does, I can praise him in my life and in your life, is righteous and true. Thank you, Lord, for that. I will praise you because you always do the right thing, even when it doesn't look like it. I will praise you, Lord, for getting rid of that which was destroying me. Thank you, Lord. I didn't even realize it, Lord, but you see the big picture. You know what I need better than I know myself. I will praise you, Lord, for your power fixing me, changing me, being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. I will praise you for who you are, what you've done, what you're doing, and all that you've yet to do. We will give him praise because he is not only great, but he is greatly to be praised. Amen. From the going of this from the rising of the sun to its going down. Offer up the sacrifice of praise continually. What is that? Thanks, Lord. Continually, it is a sacrifice for some of us this morning, I know. For some of you it's a sacrifice what you're going through. First service, we've had we have people with cancer, it's a sacrifice of praise. They're in here praising the Lord. And it is a sacrifice. And it's a sacrifice that is beautiful to him. When we lift up our voices, when we say, thank you, Jesus, in his name. Lord, thank you so much this morning. What else can we say but thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord Jesus. God, forgive us. So often our praise is so lame, Lord. And totally unfitting of such a great Savior, such a great God. So often, Lord, we get our eyes off of you and onto everything else. And we wonder why we have no peace. Oh, God, forgive us. You've made it so simple, Lord Jesus, to just to come to you. And so thank you that you're so patient. You don't give up on us. You're so kind, so good. I just pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord, that this morning that are suffering and going through difficulty, going through trials, that all that we've considered this morning would cause them to just say thank you, to praise you, to get their eyes on you, who you are, your glorious works, your ways. 
and that we might come to you to be filled this morning. And if that's you this morning, you, you're saying, yeah, what's coming out of me is not rivers of living water. And you know Jesus. He's your Lord. He's your Savior. Can I just encourage you right now just to come to Jesus, to repent, to confess? God's Word says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. And you just come to him this morning. Maybe what's been coming out has been just hurting others. It's damaging, non-edifying, whatever. The Lord knows, you know. And you just come to him this morning. Let him refresh you and fill you Jesus promised that, that out of our hearts would flow rivers of living water when we come to him to drink. And so you need to do business with him this morning, to be filled. And God, I pray for those that are doing that right now in their hearts and their minds, that you would fill them in a special way. Thank you that you've made it so simple. Such a simple illustration of coming and drinking. I pray that no one would forsake you, the fountain of living waters. That we come back again and again to be filled up. And this morning, as we're still in an attitude of prayers, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, maybe you've been listening and you've never come to know Jesus Christ personally. He loves you. He demonstrates his love for you and for me by coming and dying on the cross. For your sins and my sins, he suffered, died, and was buried and rose again on the third day. And he's reaching out to you right now as the loving rescuer that he is, that you might find forgiveness, a fresh start, the hope of everlasting life. And you need to come. You need to repent and come to him. And you come just as you are. Let him change you. Let him fix you. But you need to come. Is that you this morning? Can I pray for you? Would you raise up your hand? I'll pray with you. Real simple prayer. You're saying, yeah, Mike, that's me. I want to open my heart. Give my heart to Jesus. If that's you this morning, raise up your hand. Let's pray together this morning. Anyone at all? See your hand. All right. Anyone else this morning? I want to stop if the Holy Spirit is working in your heart. Is there anyone else this morning? Anyone else? All right this precious one that has raised his hand. You can repeat this. Just real simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I've sinned against you. Thank you for dying for me, for my sins. Lord Jesus, would you come into my heart? Would you wash me and cleanse me? And would you make me new? I don't want to go back to those sins anymore. Would you fill me with your spirit? I love you, Lord Jesus, and I commit my life to you now. Father, we thank you for this precious one. Please keep him close to your heart. Work in a powerful, glorious way, transforming, changing him conforming him to the image of your son, Jesus. There's nothing greater. How beautiful that he'd have a hunger and thirst for your word and out of his heart would flow rivers of living water, that his life would make a difference in the lives of those around him. And so we thank you for the great work that you've begun, that you're going to continue. We commit him into your hands. We rejoice that our names are written in heaven We thank you, we love you, Lord Jesus, and it's in your name, your precious and holy name, that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Praise the Lord, that's awesome. So cool, first and second services, it's so beautiful. Amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord, it's all him. Salvation belongs to the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you, may his face shine upon you, in Jesus' name, amen. Put them and stand together for one last time.
nation, all of the earth, make straight a highway, path for the Lord. Jesus is coming soon. Call back the sinner, wake up the saint, let every nation shout of your fame. Jesus is coming soon Oh, like a bride waiting for her groom We'll be a church ready for you Every heart longing for our King We sing, even so come Lord Jesus justice all will be new your name forever faithful and true jesus is coming soon worship and thank you for your word lord and we praise you and we give you thanks lord thank you for all that you have done how you've rescued us you've saved us lord that you have conveyed us from darkness into your kingdom of light lord how you've given us a new heart with new desires lord all because of what you've done lord we rejoice in belonging to you jesus and we praise you, Lord. I pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord, afresh, that you would bless our time of fellowship, Lord, and help us to shine brightly uh, to those around us, Lord, that we would be those, Lord, singing and making melody within our hearts unto you, Lord, giving you thanks always for, for all things, Lord, knowing that you're working it together for good for those that love you and are called according to your purpose, Lord, and we can praise you in advance of, of what you have done, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We give you praise, give you glory, give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. And the dreams we once were dreaming that were held so close felt impossible now.